Facebook ads have launched a brand new campaign type. Learn more about Facebook Advantage Plus as well as lots more on this, the PPC Burrito Podcast. Welcome, amigos, to the PPC Burrito, the podcast of choice for marketers hungry for knowledge of all things pay-per-click. I'm Michael Kenny. And I'm Becky Hopkin. And we represent Digital Gearbox, a team of PPC specialists who grow businesses around the world using platforms like Google Ads, Facebook, LinkedIn, you name it, we do it. How you doing, Becky? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm pretty good. I want to start by asking you a question. When was the last time you received an unsolicited message on social media? Probably today. <laughs> <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. You know where I'm going. So LinkedIn yeah. uh, read a survey just before coming on, on air here. And uh, it's, it's not going to surprise you. It's not going to surprise anyone. But apparently, LinkedIn users rather dislike unsolicited direct messages, particularly the sponsored in-mail ads that LinkedIn ads allows advertisers to utilize. Now, I know, I know, jaw hit the floor, right? People don't like to get messages from people that they don't know. But should we be surprised by this? No, I don't think we are. I think, <laughs> I mean, my in-mail on LinkedIn, excluding the sponsored stuff, mm. just the organic stuff is bad enough. <laughs> and um, it's, I just don't, I don't understand people's approaches. I don't understand why the lead-in that we're in the same LinkedIn group that being the sole reason we should connect. <laughs> yes, okay, we've got a similar interest perhaps, but why, what do they want to talk to me about that similar interest? Why yeah. aren't they adding some colour around that? Um, and yeah, the then you get the other ones where they don't even, they don't even give you a reason for connecting as vague as that. They just start selling to you. And they're the worst. They are the worst. And it's funny because we were talking about that on last week's episode where we were talking about the pros, the cons of LinkedIn ads. And, you know, spoilers, we we do champion the use of LinkedIn ads. We're going to be talking about LinkedIn ads, uh, I'm sure, plenty more times on plenty more episodes. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not... Uh, I don't get the same level as messages as you. I mean, earlier on, you showed me your your LinkedIn uh, <laughs> inbox, and yeah, it's cluttered. It's got a lot of stuff in it. Um, I've just reactivated my LinkedIn, and um, but I've I've reactivated my LinkedIn, and within a week, I've already got like four or five different sales messages from mm. people that I don't know or people that have kind of just gone to connect with me, who have then immediately just started spamming me sales messages. And, um, you know, it is frustrating. I mean, but the thing that we talked about last week was the fact that, yes, ultimately we are all on LinkedIn to sell or to seek collaborative opportunities or to to learn. But most people are there to sell. Um, and, and, you know, again, we were talking about earlier and we'll reiterate and repeat. I mean, that's fine. That is OK. But there are ways to do it. And I really just don't think 
that just <laughs> just sending a message to someone saying, "Hey, you're alive." Let's connect, and then yeah. as soon as you connect, they just start selling to you. And it's like, well, most people can see through that now, and I think that's what this survey, this recent re- survey, which probably hopefully didn't shock too many people that were that putting the survey together, um, is is the there is a better way to do this. But the better way is so obvious, and we need to get um, we need to get a good friend Angus Grady back on at some point because that man is just a a veritable fountain of knowledge on how to actually market yourself or your business in ways that will make people care. Um, you know, just just strike up good friendships and the messages that you received. And I, I saw them earlier. Um, I don't I don't think there's anything like they're, they're not bad people. No, you know they're not predators or anything like that they're not creeps but what they're doing is it's just they're doing it in a way that's very transparent very easy to kind of see through mm-hmm. i mean the, the whole big thing with with inmail is it's a one-to-one com setting it's like mm. it's, it's like your email you you expect people who are reaching out to you on inmail to be talking to you directly it's almost like the person in the networking room is coming up to you to have a chat Mm, yeah and if if you put it in that context the way that some people just approach you it it would almost be like going to that networking group going so we're at the same networking group (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) leading in that way it's like you've got you've got information about me on linkedin you can see my profile you know what you like you know what you do you know yeah don't I mean yes cutting to the chase does fast track that but at the same time why should I care to listen so you've got to you've got to try and build that connection to make the person you're approaching want to talk to you in the first place whereas I think with with LinkedIn sponsored ads the feed it's a very different place because it's not that one-to-one conversation it it can be Mm. a place where you can be more direct and and salesy because people are just scrolling through the feed there but yeah I'm not a fan of hey buy from me (laughs) as the first point of comms in my email no I don't think anybody is on the planet um well let's talk about sponsored email for a second because Mm. I mean it's an interesting subject and and as an agency as digital gearbox I mean I'm personally whenever I'm speaking to somebody and they go LinkedIn ads, I want to try. I always tend to go down the route of sponsored uh, in terms of getting into the feed. That's that's my usual route when I set up a campaign. Mm-hmm. But there are plenty of advertisers that go down the email route. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, from my own experience, every time I get an email and and it is labeled sponsored email, I don't even I don't even open that shit. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And and I would wager that a lot of people are very very similar. So the question is, the challenge, I guess, is how does that perception change? What can we as advertisers do to improve? I mean, is it a targeting issue or is it the content issue or is it just an inherent issue with sponsored email? I think it's the last two. I don't think it's a targeting issue because, well, unless you're targeting too broadly, perhaps, Mm. Um but yeah i think until people stop organically just randomly connecting with people and hope that they will buy from them um email is always going to be a place where you question 
why people are connecting with you. Um, but yeah, I, it's, uh, I think people can definitely be more engaging with mm. the way that they approach people. So it's easier on a one-to-one basis. So I think once people start fixing that, um, then people will trust the email box a little bit more. But in terms of how to do it on a sponsored basis, I think you've just, it's going to work better for certain things than others. I don't think you should go in expecting people to instantly want to book a meeting with you or instantly buy from you. It's about thinking about something that would genuinely be of help to people that almost like if you were sending them a personal invitation by post, it would be just as effective or even via email. Um, so you've got to, yeah, you've got to approach it in a creative way, cut through the crap <laughs> and give people a reason to listen to you that isn't just because you want them to. So the the long and short of it is actually make an effort. Yeah. I mean the worst is when people just connect without any message I mean oh, yeah. that's that's even more infuriating but yeah if you're if you're connecting with people just take that moment to to say hello nicely introduce yourself without boring people and say what your intent is say why you think you two connecting is a good idea and not just because you're in the same space no not because you are both alive yes Uh, I mean it does help of course but no I I mean yeah I I completely agree and and to add to that I would say that um, I would always seek to make a connection first and then kind of see if there are opportunities off the back of that I wouldn't usually be kind of seeking to connect cold with people I don't really like doing that I know people do that but that's not really me I tend to use it as a follow-up if mm-hmm. I'm if I'm ne- if I'm networking with somebody in a room and and then I'll use LinkedIn to kind of follow up. Uh, yeah. It's a bit warmer. They know who you are already and you've probably already discussed some opportunities, you know, there's there's probably some synergy already there. But uh yeah, there we go. I mean kicking us <laughs> kicking off the podcast <laughs> with a bit of a rant, but hopefully there are some actionable tips there. Well, today's episode we're going to be talking in a minute about Facebook's brand new campaign type that they say is going to revolutionize and change the world. But before we get into that, we are, of course, going to be breaking down this week's news. In this week's news, Microsoft ads launch auto-apply recommendations. Microsoft ads have also been very busy as they've also launched dynamic descriptions and finally Google ads offline conversion tracking may have just gotten a little bit easier. But is that actually the case? We will find out in a minute. But first, Microsoft ads. Becky, they've been a bit busy. They've certainly cranked up the the updates, although I feel like Google's doing the same, but it's just a constant <laughs> flurry of updates. That's why we've got something to talk about each week. Yeah. Um, which is great. But yeah, the the latest two. So the first being the auto-apply recommendations um, now being out of beta. That's, yeah, uh, I don't like it. <laughs> that's, oh. that's the headline. Let's not mince the words. Um, 
So this is where if you go into your recommendation section in your Microsoft Ads account, you'll see various recommendations that Microsoft want you to make. And that can be in relation to adding keywords, um, creating new dynamic search ads, still creating expanded text ads, uh, removing negative keyword conflicts. That's probably the only one I like, actually, because sometimes that happens and you don't want conflicts. So if, they, if you could just do that one, that would be fine. But yeah, it's I just find... Well, more annoyingly, I find the fact that they are opting people in to this rather than letting people yeah. make the choice to opt in. Because yeah. I think it's quite dangerous, um, mm -hmm. particularly the um, adding of keywords yeah. and the adding of ads because a lot of businesses want that control over their messaging and what they're targeting. And if you ever go into your recommendations section, you will see not all the recommendations are good recommendations. So why on earth would you want Microsoft or Google, because they both try and do this, um, applying those without your consent? Yeah, I mean, we, we've discussed at length Google's recent uh, auto-apply recommendations. Actually, no, I'm going to correct myself. I don't think we've gone into it at length. We do. I, I think that this whole subject is due a bit more of a more in-depth discussion we'll probably be producing a podcast to cover it in more depth very very soon but um a couple of weeks ago we were talking about google's launch of auto apply recommendations i think our reaction to it was pretty much the same it's it's potentially dangerous we really don't like the fact that uh, by rule it's essentially just opting you in automatically instead of giving you the option of opting in um i think if you're an advertiser and you know you're not entirely focused on your campaigns you you know you're a business owner perhaps or a marketing manager and you've just set them up and you're letting them run and you're automatically enrolled in these uh recommendation quote unquote solutions um you're not really going to have a grasp um of what is actually being changed by google by uh microsoft ads and mm -hmm. the inclusion of keywords that might not represent you know what you're attempting to achieve uh, and and the thing that I really don't like is I'm usually kind of outside the bonnet. The the idea of the ads being dynamically rendered and having dynamic descriptions and things like that just kind of pulled what they say is smartly from your website might not actually be the case. And from what I've seen and definitely from what you've seen from our conversations, Becky, is that very rarely do they actually um, work in the favor of what the advertiser is attempting to achieve. No, in theory, in theory, they're they're trying to make ads as relevant as possible to people. So I they're get, trying. They're trying. I get the theory, and I guess that leads us quite nicely on to the second update, which is the um, the update that they're they're now offering dynamic descriptions mm. as well as headlines for dynamic search ads. Now, I didn't even know. I well, I tell a lie. I. I hadn't really thought about dynamic search ads over on Microsoft ads. Um, right. We see them from time to time on Google. And on Google, it's just the headline that dynamically updates. Mm. Um, and you input a description. And Google will um, match to various queries based off content on your website. Now, I, I don't like dynamic search ads. Um, I think why wouldn't you want to control even if your website is top-notch why wouldn't you want to control exactly what 
keywords you were appearing for and and protect yourself i mean the whole thing with dynamic headlines and we've had it in the past with keyword insertion in ads is you've just got such a big risk of microsoft or google match it or creating an ad that suggests you do something that you don't (laughs) which i mean it can be small small little nuances like I mean, we talked all about different ad copy just a couple of weeks ago, but if someone Googled cheap plumbing, for example, um, and you were targeting the word plumbing, well, it knew they were targeting the word plumbing because you were a plumber, Mm. but actually you're a premium plumber. So having an ad pop up when someone searches for cheap plumbing uh, and go to your website when you're not a cheap plumber, as a good example of this, is just not accurate. And people are going to be disappointed when they get to your website. Yeah, I I mean, I, I just see what is happening. And it's not just with Microsoft ads, it's with Google ads, as we mentioned. And we're going to get onto Facebook. Is There does seem to be a universal effort across the PPC landscape in 2022 to really move more towards um, uh, simpler, easier... Um, deemed quote unquote smart campaigns or with the idea of giving more time back to the advertiser and Mm -hmm. the way they sell it you know it's fine but it's I think it's disingenuous it's not true and if you are you know spending a lot of money on ads and you're running them yourselves and you're auto enrolled in these recommendations programs or if you've applied dynamic descriptions uh like microsoft ads have rolled um like microsoft ads rolled out um your campaign performance could suffer yeah so it's it's very important that you know if, if you are utilizing microsoft ad google ads be very careful about the auto apply recommendations um my recommendation <laughs> My recommendation really? <laughs> it would be that you uh, opt out of them and manually review them, uh, at mm-hmm. least until the technology is better or, or, you know, we at Digital Gearbox have, have gathered a little bit more data as to the effectiveness. Because, you know, these things do need time. They do need data to get better. Um, I have no doubt that they will be better in, in a few years' time. But right now, given what we see on a day-to-day basis... I I wouldn't recommend it at all. And the same goes for to, for dynamic descriptions. I think fair play to Microsoft. They're ahead of Google for once with this. So yeah. um, <laughs> so one, one time they're rolling out something new there that Google have yet to roll out. So it'd be interesting to see if Google follows suit. Rarely happens. And also, you know, if you're listening to this going, Microsoft Ads, isn't that Bing? Oh, who <laughs> uses Bing? Well, we've mentioned it before. Don't mm-hmm. sleep on Bing. It's uh, definitely a worthwhile platform to utilize if you are not currently doing so. Um, last bit of news, uh, Google Ads offline conversion tracking. Um, this is obviously a little bit of news. It just landed on a desk this morning. I don't know a lot about it. Um, I believe it's got something to do with Google kind of getting conversion tracking ready in time for that long coming inevitable cookie apocalypse yeah that's that's essentially it michael um it's, it's been one of those weird ones uh, i mean for us we've always tr- try and have our ear to the ground with the changes that are coming in in regards to tracking and the whole loss of the third party cookies but um 
Yeah, we were quite surprised. It was about two months ago when we started to see a recommendation, funnily enough, um, to set up enhanced conversions in a number of our accounts. And yeah, essentially, it's it's trying to smarten up the tracking by sending hashed information back into Google from your website. The the complexities of it, I haven't researched enough yet to talk about, but it was previously just for e-commerce. So it was just mm. looking at purchases in that case. But yeah, from, from today, well, from a hot off the press, uh, <laughs> they're, they're doing the same thing with leads now. Um, right. And it's something that we're just starting to, to set up and explore because... There's not a lot of info out there about it and kind of we were looking at it going, oh, sounds good because tracking, tracking, I mean, just post uh, iOS 14 on Facebook is is a huge problem for us at the moment. Mm. So anything we can do to avoid that with Google, we're very interested in. But obviously where conversion data is so important with, with things like automated bidding, we don't know if there's any downsides to applying this at the moment, and there's no, there's no one who's really set this up who's put any information out there. And I, I hope that we can give you some information in the coming months from what we set up that will reassure you. Um, but I mean, from from what I'm reading, it seems like a good idea. Um, it just seems like it's trying to capture more data in a privacy safe way to feed back to Google. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing to just kind of put up our hands here and say is that this is this is brand new. This is just being rolled out. Um, we are setting up testing, you know, to, to kind of learn about it as best as we can. Um, but here on this podcast, if we don't fully know something, you know, we'll tell you. Uh, it's really just to kind of get the thought started so you're aware of it. Uh, we're going to be testing this and we will come back uh, and let you know uh, what the score is, what the deal is. Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? As soon as we have more data. More data? More data? More De- data. Detailed data. <laughs> I was trying to mix detail and data together. Yeah, more data. I'm just going to say it's data. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, we don't profess to be experts in every, every single brand spanking piece of news. We're just telling you the news. It and will be a big recommendation from Google in your account. So it will take a chunk of your um, <laughs> your optimization score. So just be aware of that, I think. In the accounts we saw it for, it accounted for about 8% of that score. So um, they clearly want us to be doing it. They're ranking it quite highly. I would say from the from the lead um, edition that it looks like you need a CRM in place and you need to be uploading information back. So it's going to be more work than perhaps the, the purchase one. Um, and that whole purchase one will rely on your whatever website shopping e-commerce solution you have in place as well so there's complexities to it so if you're not going to be able to do it soon then make sure you are telling google um, because it will lower your optimization score and we all know that google (laughs) is looking at that optimization score now 
There we go. Be prepared. We've armed you with the knowledge. No excuses. Make sure those optimization scores don't dip. I, I kind of get the feeling that this has been a bit more of a, a negative podcast today. We've <laughs> moaned about a whole load of stuff. That may continue, may very well continue as we head into our main talking point, which is the introduction of Facebook's brand spanking new Advantage Plus campaigns. Advantage Plus, what a lovely lovely name maybe not such a lovely campaign type so you may have seen it when setting up a campaign on facebook ads um the new advantage plus campaign option so facebook have claimed that this new campaign type is designed to streamline designed to improve and to give time back to you the lovely advertiser basically by following their recommended settings so you give control to facebook they'll take the time off your hands and they will optimize the campaign based on their data. Sounds good in theory, right? Well, like everything that's being introduced at the moment in the PPC landscape, there are advantages and there are drawbacks. But first, just a little bit of a deeper dive into what Advantage Plus campaigns are. So our article on our website, www.digitalgearbox.co.uk, go to Insights and you will find a lovely write-up by the wonderful Sam, which goes into a little bit more detail uh, as to what we're talking about here with Facebook Advantage Plus. Uh, there are also details on how to go and set up the campaign. But really, the nitty-gritty of it is this is that essentially they are an easier way to set up conversion type campaigns on Facebook. Uh, they say it will reduce the amount of manual input required uh, again by allowing Facebook to automatically choose those tailored campaign settings on your behalf. Um, they also remove the manual input on settings such as bidding strategy, optimization methods, and they also push advertisers towards utilizing. <laughs> dynamic ads they're not currently available to all advertisers but from our knowledge facebook are continuously rolling this out to more and more advertisers so you may not see it when you log into your dashboard but that might change very very soon to our knowledge they are not automatically enrolling advertisers but as we've mentioned many times during this episode and on previous episodes it, it seems like something that they will probably try and eventually push you to do by default so um becky i mean this is this is kind of a brand new uh, campaign type they've only just recently rolled it out uh, as as you would expect we are testing these with a number of the clients that we work with at the moment um but what, what are your thoughts and are there any benefits of facebook's advantage plus campaigns it's it's an interesting one because whilst um automation on google and kind of following all their recommendations i'm i'm more hesitant to follow the the kind of difference with facebook over the last few years is that the more control you give to facebook generally your campaigns perform a bit better mm. um and certainly we I mean, we always choose the the option to allow Facebook to optimize generally to a conversion goal. I mean, this affects most of 90% of the campaigns we run for our clients. Um, and as, as, as long as you tell Facebook what you're trying to achieve and you've got that set up to track that and you've got some data going into Facebook, Facebook's pretty smart at what's well, very smart at finding the right kind of people to put the ads in front of 
Now, there has been some challenges, like I said, over the last 10 months post iOS 14, where that data isn't as good as it used to be. So I find it quite interesting that they're trying to go more down the the automated route than they were previously because mm. they will put their hands up and say that things like remarketing campaigns aren't as effective as they used to be because the the audience sizes have shrunk and the data has shrunk so it, it can't optimize as effectively so it kind of goes against their own admission on the problems with their data at the moment by automating even more but I'm I'm hearing and seeing a lot of people say that the future with Facebook is broad targeting dynamic ads and that is exactly what Disadvantage Plus is offering and it's just simplifying the setup so advantages are it's streamlining all those decisions that you have to make they're saying it's proven proven to perform better we've yet to see the data there but mm. It's much like Performance Max and Google going, it's going to perform better. Trust <laughs> um, us. Trust us. Uh, Facebook are doing the same with this. Um, and they have recommenda- uh, recommendations for it working towards certain business types as well better. So they've tested it, I guess, in more in certain industries and have some recommendations there. So I guess... Yeah, going back to the benefits, anything that's automated and streamlined is going to free up your time to get things up and running and, I guess, allow you to focus on other big picture stuff. But, yeah, I, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see how this is actually going to perform. Yeah, it's it's another one where time will tell. Um, and as I said, we are currently testing. So as we get more data and kind of understand better if this is a long-term success, uh, we will let you know with that data. There you go, the data. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, for, for me, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Facebook's dynamic ads as they are. Um, I I think the whole... I think the difference between Facebook ads and Google ads um, is you should be spending more of your time dedicated to the creative side of Facebook ads anyway. And if you're just leaning on dynamic ads, um, I'm not so sure. I think your ads need to be absolutely top notch on the Facebook platform because it is a form of push marketing. So it, it needs to work a little bit harder. It's not just a case that people are seeking you out. You are invading their time. So your ads better be bloody worth the invasion of, of time and taking up people's time. Um, and from what I've seen, dynamic, the automated elements of Facebook advertising as they are currently, um, just haven't cut the mustard for me in my experience managing campaigns. Um, the, the drawbacks, the universal drawbacks, I guess, is if you're an advertiser and you do like to be kind of, um, you know, you want your kind of finger on the pulse of what's going on, a lot of what Advantage Camp Plus is going to do is take that away from you. It's going to kind of remove the freedom and they, you know, that loss could be detrimental to your goals and to your overall vision, which you know it's not good and that's only going to put people off on on the flip side though and kind of further to what you were saying becky and and what we've talked about this entire episode is that this is happening across the spectrum 
the move towards automation is something that we've known about for years. And now it seems Q1, Q2, 2022, this is just, they're just ramping up the efforts. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. They are doing this uh, to try and make lives a bit easier, to try and encourage more and more advertisers to adopt the platforms. But the thing that I always have to remind everyone is that who benefits from more advertisers? Google, Facebook, Microsoft Ads, whoever the platform is. They want you to spend your bucks there. Um, be careful, be wise, and um, have a look and actually see if what the campaigns are doing automatically are actually in the best interests of your business. And what I would say on this instance with Advantage Plus is set one up, test it, of course, test it, always test, get that data in. But test the performance versus a similar campaign that you're running on a legacy setting and see exactly what results you're getting from campaigns if the budget permits. Um, so yeah, that's, that's our recommendation. As I said, there are more details on this new campaign type on our website, www.digitalgearbox.co.uk. Go to Insights and thank you once again to our wonderful Sam for creating the guide. Uh, and there we go. That's a wrap. Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of the PPC Burrito. If you've enjoyed this podcast, consider subscribing on the platform you're listening to this on. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and yes, LinkedIn by searching Digital Gearbox. Or for more information about who we are and what we do and how we do it, go to our website, www.digitalgearbox.co.uk. So from me, Michael Kenny. And me, Becky Hopkin. Keep your DMs nice and clean, stay happy, stay healthy, and until next time, amigos, stay hungry. <laughs>